Hello and welcome to the Random History Podcast, the podcast where we all uh, we pick a random history topic and I, the history nerd friend, try, try to explain the topic to my two like sort of into history friends. So I'm Maverick. Um, I'm joined I'm, with uh, yeah. Go ahead. I'm Braden. I know almost nothing about history, but I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> all right. I'm Cassie. I'm also just kind of here. The only history I know a lot about is video games. Same. All right. So the fun thing is, this will actually involve a bit of uh, video games. And okay, so I obviously we're all friends here. We all know each other. So I do know that both of you know how to play chess, right? Yes, sir. Okay. <laughs> so. I will wager that all three of us here are not grandmasters, right? We're not, by no stretch of the imagination, like really good chess players. No. Okay. So that's what I say. I I know that we. uh, I mean, we're all like good. We're all good at some stuff, but uh, chess, you know, it's just sort of a thing we know how to play because most people should. I wager we should learn how to play. It's a not terribly complex game. Okay. So, um, the setup, the the scenario, we're gonna play a game of chess with a really like um you know a really good chess player but okay. because we know we can't play the chess all that well gonna be some special rules okay should i pause that or no it's just not... calling okay i was like i was like is it an important one no it's okay. most definitely not okay. important okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay um so uh, never mind that fact that we record outside, and that's just the map getting blown around. Okay, so it's either uh, wind or cowboy sounds. Yeah, it's either it's wind either or wind cowboy or sounds. Fistful of dollars. Yeah, except like worse movies than a fistful of dollars, like oh. the really bad ones from like the like late '60s that aren't like considered spaghetti westerns. Like just <laughs> like if there were made-for-TV movies back then, that's what we'd be listening to. <laughs> Maverick, this is very off-topic, but we have a movie we'd love for you to watch. Okay. It is a dystopian Japanese western featuring Nicolas Cage. To be more apt, it's more of like a post-apocalyptic. Is it that new movie with Nicolas Cage? Prisoners of the Ghostland? No, but the I guess... The other one is... Okay, I don't know. He's, he must have made a resurgence. Um, I have no idea. All right, so <laughs> anyway, to get on with the analogy. Okay, so we're going up against somebody who knows chess way better than we can. And in order to level the playing field, there's a special rule. So we're going to change the rules a little bit. Okay? Oh, we're cheating. Yay. <laughs> Mutually cheating. We're all going to agree to this new change of the chess oh, game. Hell yeah. Moral okay? cheating. Moral cheating. Right, okay, so polyamorous relationship instead of <laughs> instead of uh trying to checkmate the the king i just want to make sure it isn't actually it is recording it should be recording it turns out all of that was for nothing We're oh my god no, no no okay it is it is we've been going for three minutes now so okay. it's okay we should be good um if not we'll have to start this all because i haven't revealed the topic so we're pretty good okay so um basically uh the the two new rules or number one, you're not trying to checkmate my king. Okay? okay? We're just trying to get our kings to be the first one to get our king to the other side of the board. Kind of like checkers. checkers. Right. Kind of <laughs> like checkers. Okay. Beat me to it. However, special rule. All those other pieces still have to stay on the board. Okay? And the really special rule. If one of us takes an opponent's piece, the whole game's over. So, we have to keep... 
all the pawns, both bishops, both knights, both a queen, both and rooks. King. Yes, everybody. Everybody has to stay on the board, but we still have to somehow weasel our king. Yes, you have to, to, to do as much maneuvering as possible. So basically, it's like a stealth mission to get the king over to the other side. Basically, right? The king can't be checkmated. So even if like, so basically, even if the the he's he's sort of the only way he's sort of stuck is if the next move no piece can move, right? And going along with the topic will sort of give some clarifications to how we can avoid the obvious doomsday scenario in this game, okay? So it's chess football. Uh, I don't really do sports, so I don't oh, really... Well, you, for football, a, you okay. just run to the other side of the okay, field. Well, okay, you're, yeah, you're running okay. to the other side yeah, of the so field. The idea, how one it, team right. is blocking okay. the other side. Okay, right. I guess football yeah. is also... Well, that's funny you mentioned football, because one of the items we will talk about in this, this um, uh, global geopolitical chess game will be known as a football. Okay. So, without further ado... Is it a gun? No. Sad. However, the gun you're holding, <laughs> it will involve Nazis. Like yes. everything in history, it will involve Nazis. Okay? Everything in um, Even current yeah, history. Yeah, yeah, no one expects yeah, the yeah. Nazis. Well, yeah, because, uh, yeah, so it will involve Nazis, the Archduke Franz Ferdinand, uh, that one Serbian guy who was really, or, sorry, Bosnian guy who was really angry at him, um, and the Americans. So without further ado, uh, also, this event only ended, depending on who you're talking to, um, in 1989 or 1991. So without further ado, we'll be talking today about the Cold War. Okay. So, yeah, obviously, the chess game is an analogy for mutually assured destruction. Okay? It makes if a I lot take, more sense right, now. If yeah. I take one of your direct chess pieces, the whole game is over and we all lose, okay? So... First person uh, to make the move kills us both. All right. right. So I got again. We could have always gone with the age-old um, uh, tic-tac-toe analogy from uh, war games. Right. The only winning move is not to play. It's a strange game. Okay. So to sort of set up the Cold War, obviously now it might make sense what, what some of these red lines on the map and the blue lines kind of now uh, outline the two alliances. The Iron Curtain is going to be the dotted red line across Europe. Uh, the solid red line around Russia is the borders <laughs> of the actual Soviet Union of Soviet Socialist Republics. Um, and those red circles we will get to later. Um, so to sort of Cuban set up... Crisis. Ah, yes. Very apt. Okay. So to sort of set up why the Cold War happens, uh, we have to talk about World War I. Uh, and, of course, that's where the Archduke Franz Ferdinand comes into this and just domino effects the whole of Europe and then by the end of it the United States into war so um, uh, basically uh, you know the, the, the sort of midpoint towards the end of the war the Germans realize we're screwed uh, the, you know what I mean like the, the, the money's coming the check's coming due and we can't cash it so they just simply decide uh, okay so we'll go Switzerland, I believe, is where uh, a man by the name of Vladimir Ilyich Lenin was hiding out. Uh, he's what you call uh, a Marxist. Uh, that's why today we know them as Marxist-Leninists. Um, and they're basically like, hey, we'll send you back to, to um, Russia. They'll welcome you. Um, you take down the Russian Empire. You do a revolution. And, um, you know, I, I guess we'll make peace if you guys win. So... Long story short, he goes back, revolution, and uh, 
there's a civil war throughout the 20s in which the Americans, the British, and the French also get involved in. It's really weird. They sort of, like, do some incursions, like, way up in, like, this weird area of Russia here. Um, actually, it's Arkhangelsk, uh, uh, which means uh, uh, Archangel. I just finished, like, a four-part series on this, uh, listening to it on another podcast, Lions Led by Donkeys. Goddamn ridiculous, man. It is a, a weird event that happened, and nobody's quite sure why we did it. Um, either way, so the old lands of the Russian Empire kind of split, right? So everything we today consider the Russian Federation, basically, while still at civil war between the whites and the reds, the reds being the communists and the, the whites being sort of a random assortment of different people who just don't like communists, uh, some want to restore the Tsar, which they can't really do because the Lenin has killed him. Some, I don't know, the Russian revolution in the Civil War is so weird that you just can't really get too deep into it. Um, but we're also going to kind of see some of the more relevant uh, historical impacts of the Cold War today. Uh, when we talk about, after the, the, the Civil War, the Russians then pursue... Eastern Europe to establish that solid red line you see on the map there. Uh, that includes the Baltic states, um, uh, Belarus, and, um, you know, one that's kind of prescient today, uh, the Ukraine uh, um, gets folded into Russia because it was part of the Russian Empire. Um, that is probably a whole separate episode, but that's like a really stupidly simplified version of this. Um, so then... There's all this, uh, there's a, now that a country has actually become communist, the United States, Great Britain, and I believe several other European countries refuse to recognize them as an actual nation. Um, because, well, if you do that, <laughs> it, it, right, if, if you acknowledge these, these people are their own separate country, uh, that means communists are valid. And Question. if communists are, well, yes? Then why is China still recognized? Sorry to get you. No, 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 no. So we'll 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 get to China, because uh, that is a whole other like just insane little bit that's coming up. Like it's okay. Like it's there, but right. Like it's it just it, it will it will be right. So for right now, uh, China's doing that thing it likes to do, where it just <laughs> breaks into fractions, of, like like factional kingdoms all over the place. It's like every twenty um, years. Right. China's exactly. Right. China. Right. Yeah. China just breaks down because this is still. The early and, like, sub-mid uh, uh, 20th century. So, like, most of that uh, Yellow Sea and East China Sea and, like, all the way down to the Gulf of Tonkin, uh, which, at this point, places like Vietnam, Cambodia, Thailand... Uh, oh, that's those, that's, um, yeah. those places are called Indochina, French Indochina specifically. Burma and India are, like, the crown jewels. Well, I believe Burma... Well... Uh, Myanmar is what it's called today. Burma and uh, was the British version of that. Um, and Burma, India, and I believe Pakistan were like crown jewels of the, the British Empire at the time. So um, we'll get to Asia and what happens, because obviously I did mention one very specific place that will kind of play into the Cold War later and will be a part of our chess game analogy. So um, basically... Uh, a lot of countries refuse to recognize the initial Soviet Union. They're doing these little expansionist wars. Uh, and the one country that held them off is Poland. So here's what we got to talk about another disaffected person from uh, the Great War, because it was the only world war at the time. Um, 
and he's kind of living out of, I believe, uh, a homeless shelter in Munich, okay? Uh, he sort of paints postcards for money, and not many people buy them. Um, we all know him. Uh, he's from Austria. You might have heard of him. Is it uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger? No. Damn. But he all, his name also starts with an A. Uh, oh. Adolf Hitler. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Adolf <laughs> Hitler uh, is a disaffected... <laughs> yeah, pulls out the Luger. Yeah, so Adolf Hitler is this disaffected uh, German, um, you know, German uh, youth, I guess you could say. He's getting a little bit up there in age, but, um, you know, he's this disaffected uh, uh, German. Part of that sort of lost generation, right? Like here in the States, we have the lost generation. I believe they, they call it that in France and, and England as well. Sort of the, uh, the, the Entente powers have this sort of, the generation that got fed to the meat grinder or the trenches. I actually do know a little bit about how uh, Hitler himself was affected by the Great War. Um, is that right if I go with Yeah, yeah, you can go. Yeah. Like, I do know that Hitler was a, was a soldier in the Great War for Germany. And I do know that he got uh, mustard gas. Yes, uh, he was in a hospital <laughs> when he learned that the war was over. Um, and so, again, the rise of Hitler, World War One. Uh, Hitler's part in World War One. These will all be much more relevant in like World War Two focused episodes. Um, but for right now, all y'all know is uh, the disaffected youth Adolf Hitler finds a certain political party that we'll talk about in length later. He gets really good at public speaking. He then uh, goes and does a pseudo coup, um, and then carries out a series of uh, expansionist policies. Um, the Anschluss in Austria, he does some bullshittery in uh, Czechoslovakia to get all of that territory. Um, and then, in '39, he makes a, a pact called the Molotov-Ribbentrop Pact. Uh, Molotov is where we get the term Molotov cocktail, uh, and he is the Russian foreign minister under Stalin, um, who will also be more relevant as the Cold War goes on. Uh, and they basically sign this pact. It's, it's a non-aggression pact, uh, and it means that they're not going to fight each other, but they're not allies, right? Hitler we'll agree is agree not to invade each other, but we're not friends. Right, exactly, right. Listen, you see that guy over there? We both hate him. So we're going to take him and draw a line in the middle of him. But listen, just because we did this together does not make us friends. It's okay, bro. I know you hate these guys. Right. I still let's hate you. Right. However. Right. Let's kill... I hate that right. guy more. You know what? Right. I agree. And so, not to get all World War II focused on the military strategy here, but the idea was basically we're going to get to this point in Poland, <coughs> and, like, if we have all this territory to conquer before we get to the Soviet Union, when we got to go for this Lebensraum shit... Like, uh, we're not going to be able to take it. Uh, like, we can't cross all that, get to the gates of the Soviet Union, then still actually have people to fight with. So, uh, long story short, uh, that non, uh, non-aggression pact falls through. Invasion, uh, the Russian winner, uh, the Germans are completely slaughtered by a coalition of allies. Um, and so it's here we have to talk about the United States, Great Britain, and France now re-enter the picture. Okay, uh, and the United States, Great Britain, and France are the Western Allies. The Soviet Union is the Eastern Allies. And here's where we get to talk about our friend China. Oh, go ahead. Um, no, I was wrong. Sorry. Oh, okay. No, no, it's <laughs> I got okay. Um, so it's here we talk about China again because China goes into a civil war um, 
between someone you might not have heard of. His name was uh, Shanghai Shek. Um, and another guy who we all certainly have heard of, uh, Mao Zedong. Uh, <laughs> I put so, Zedong on Zedong. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Mao Zedong, he's leading the Communist Party. Um, and uh, Chiang Kai-shek uh, leads the, uh, China, the Republic of China, ROC. You might know them because they're the people that are currently stuck on this island that we're all kind of worried about getting taken over any day now. Um, Taiwan. They are the guys. Yeah, they're the guys who fall back to Taiwan. Wait. Uh, okay, we're talking about the Cold War. I yeah. thought about Cuba. The Republic of China. All right. Okay. It's Taiwan. So, don't you be looking Jewish now? <laughs> Whoa. Okay, that's uh, <laughs> okay. For context, I'm holding a Luger. I'm holding a Luger. Okay. <laughs> that oh is a little bit of a line. For your information, yeah, I'm that's... part German. For your information, yeah. I'm the Jewish one. <laughs> Okay, I... Wow, that was... I'm... Wow, um, my face is... Ah! <laughs> my face is very red right now. Because I'm like, I... That was a sentence. We're too far into this. Yeah, we're too far into this to re-record that. Uh, if I listen to it later before I post it and go, Oh, that... You might uh, want to like, cut right. that. You might want to yeah. cut that. <laughs> like, I might have to cut that whole section, <laughs> which is really going to be though. fun. Yeah, I mean, that was fun to be a part of Don't that. Don't you but, be acting Jewish but, now. Okay, yeah, so I might have to erase this whole section, but to, to move along, All right, moving along... A couple seconds of right, silence so right, you can find okay. it. Right, so moving along... Um, <laughs> okay, so... Uh, the, the Allies, uh, as as a whole, uh, were the you know USSR, uh, the United States, the Commonwealth, including Great Britain, and uh, France, which then became the United Nations, which before it was based out of New York, was based out of San Francisco, um, and they they crushed the Germans. Uh, famously, the Soviets get to Berlin, and now we have the dotted line uh, that comes into effect on the map. Um, and so it's here where I'm going to ask one of you guys to point out, uh, if you look over here, there are two black dots on this side of the map. Would anybody like to read the names next to those black dots? I don't even have to look. Okay. Nagasaki? That's one of them, yes. Hiroshima. Yeah, that's the other one. Okay. So, I saw um, they were on Japan, and I yeah, knew. Yeah, <laughs> I was about to say, okay, so right. So, um, I find it ooh. interesting, the names of the bombs, too. Oh, yeah, Fat, Fat Man, Man and a Little Boy. Boy. Yeah, which... Yeah, okay, so I am not a scientist, and I'm basically just going to say uh, we figured out how to split the atom. Okay, I uh, actually know about this because I had to do a project on plutonium. Say, I, know, I know the <laughs> one way they do it in the one of, I believe it's Little Boy because it's the long, long, skinny one. Yeah. There's basically like a gun in there, and like it got to a certain altitude over, I believe, Nagasaki, and it just shot a condensed bullet of one of the nuclear reactive materials into the other one and just that that made the instant flash that annihilated a city i believe so correct me if i'm wrong but um i believe it was uh they were plutonium bombs so what would happen was pretty much it would split this atom of plutonium into like two or whatever <laughs> yeah basically and yeah chain reaction basically you, the, you can do it. yeah you can do the uh the ping pong ball and the so um like the, yeah the ping pong ball and the mousetrap the spring mousetrap and the ping pong ball bit which is uh okay Braden's not gonna get the reference but 
you remember Memorial Elementary, the yeah. all-purpose room? Yeah. So my dad always say, you take a room that size and you just fill it with mousetraps. And on each mousetrap, like where the cheese is that sets off the, yeah. the spring, um, on the spring itself, you have uh, a ping pong ball. And you fill up that whole room from the edge of the stage all the way to the door. And then you take a single ping pong ball and you go right into, you just chuck it somewhere into the room. And then that instantaneous reaction, because that one hits one, which then makes two that are bouncing, and the two make four and six, and it's that exponential growth thing that we all had to learn because the pandemic happened. So, you know, exponential growth, everybody. It's, it's kind of common, but that's basically what happens in the atomic bomb when the atom splits. It just... Yeah instantaneous there's a bright flash brighter than the sun um and then for like five miles everything's just melted uh in human shadows and some really disgusting things that happen um so yeah we figured out how to split the atom um and so everybody starts trying to figure out see america britain and and, and france we kind of think that because america did it first and the germans had a program but it was kind of put on the back foot because we need tanks now so screw something like screw uh, screw the sci-fi uh, BS and, and we'll just you know build tanks. Tanks, <laughs> tanks work now. Um, besides the other thing is as I'll allude to the joke you made earlier Braden um, a lot of the Nazi scientists that, well, we're not yet Nazis at that point, but a lot of the scientists that were working on, um, on the atomic project, uh, in, in Germany, then became Nazi Germany, uh, insert that family guy gag where it's the film producers who are like, oh, we should get my agent. Oh, I don't think he'll be there either. Right? Like the war's over and most of those guys either got the hell out of Dodge or, uh, are on a grave somewhere in uh, like Poland and, and I think Austria had some in it too. Right. So uh, it was kind of a backfoot project. Uh, it, it was never really prescient, um, but it was a project we were concerned about. We think since the United States has the bomb and they did such a good job keeping that, those things secret uh, when they did the test at Trinity, they were like, Oh, it was just an ammunition dump that blew up. Like, a really, really big ammunition dump that blew up. Oh, oopsie. Yeah, yeah. It's a really, yeah. Oopsie. Yeah. My missiles went kaboom. Yeah. See, I did a fucky-wucky. Right, yeah. Okay, yeah. We made, yeah. We, yeah. Big explosion. Um, so, the idea was also, because at this point, they realized that Germany was going to get destroyed and, and, and carved up, and... The whole Pacific had been basically liberated by the Americans and the British, um, and some other communist insurgents we will talk about later. Um, yeah, I bet you didn't think uh, Indochina would be relevant again during the Cold War. Um, but, uh, you know, they, they secured Japan, uh, and they realized that the Soviet Union, being cap uh, communist, um, was sort of not their their system of, of economy, right? Um, so these two p powers that were allied militarily are now ideologically opposed to each other. And both of the military enemies have been wiped out. And so now you have two really powerful militaries just sort of staring at each other. Um, 
And so you have the whole idea of uh, any of these Soviet-occupied territories, you got to let them hold free and fair elections. And somehow they all go communist. I wonder why. They become satellite states of the Soviet Union. Worse yet, in 1949, we find out that the Soviets have indeed got the bomb. Um, they detonate one up there around the Kola Peninsula, was sort of their testing site. Yeah, that one's um, on color. Uh, so, they, um... <laughs> okay. I was going to uh, make a current uh, satellite state joke. Oh, uh, about the country that's currently, uh, about about the free country of Ukraine that's currently being oh, yeah, yeah. violated by the fascist hordes. Oh, yes. Okay, I mean... I mean, a pact between Ukraine and Russia that in exchange for all of Ukraine's, like, weapons, Russia would not invade them. So I believe at the end of the war, or the end of the Cold War, it wasn't actually, like, a war. It, wasn't, it never got hot, um, which is a phrase we'll have to talk about, and then if both sides have the bomb. Uh, but, yeah, at the end of the war, there was sort of a treaty as... It, it happened in a lot of the former Soviet states... Uh, I think Belarus didn't do it because uh, Belarus is the guy that leads it, uh, Lukashenko. is like really proud of himself that he's the last dictatorship in in all of Europe. It's a weird thing to be proud Imagine of yourself being about. Proud of the last yeah, dictator. like it's it's a really weird thing to be proud about. But yeah, that's what that's his claim to fame. Also, yeah. you're wrong. Yeah. Russia and China still exist, nerd. <laughs> Um, but so the point is that, yeah, at the end of the Cold War, they're basically like, if you give up all the nuclear weapons we gave you, well, put in you because you were part of us, um, you know, uh, fine. Put nuclear weapons in me. <laughs> yeah, so if, yeah, so if you... Is that your nuclear weapons or you just happy to see me? <laughs> is that a little right. uranium in your pocket? You just happy right. to see me? So, basically... You're looking reactive today. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. It's fine. So let's uh, briefly talk about the methods of delivery of of nuclear weapons right now. Okay? So this is the point of the chess game where none of our pieces have ever actually gotten close enough to kill each other yet. So, like, we can just sort of look at each other and be like, the fuck they doing over there? They're, like, eyeing each other up. Right, exactly. That guy's getting a little close. So. Question. Didn't, uh, there were silos in Turkey, correct? That'll be relevant later and much later in years from, from, from this point. Okay. I'm okay. going to shut up though. So right now, <laughs> so eventually we will have something called the nuclear triad. Okay. The nuclear triad is going to come into existence in like the early 60s. And the way that works is you have bombers, which is all we have right now in like 1950. Okay. All you have are, are, are B-29s, B-52s. Um, and the Americans have, like, the Peacemaker, which has, like, it's like a B-29 and a B-52 made a baby, okay? It's this huge bomber. It's got, like, four pusher propellers in the back. It's got, like, eight to ten jet engines. It's a really weird airplane. Um, but so, um, you have this, um, uh, you have... Bombers. It's all, all you can. The Soviets have bombers. Uh, everybody's got bombers. That's the only method of delivery, right? Okay. Basically, you got to do a Hiroshima Nagasaki. Okay. And that's perfectly fine for the moment because the way we think things are going is, well, that dotted red line exists on Europe, and so Winston Churchill, back at the very tail end of World War II, comes up with a plan called Operation Unthinkable. And that is, we're going to repatriate the uh, captured Wehrmacht guys. You know, throw them into uniform, give them a gun, 
Okay, I do Continue. have one question because okay. I know something Churchill did, or something somebody under Churchill did. Okay. Um, or wanted to do. I do know that they wanted to blow an entire line of n- nuclear weapons to, to make, make a canal, Im- right? to make <laughs> a impassable wall of cobalt. Okay, I didn't know that. Uh, I knew the thing about. The Soviets did some weird shit with nuclear weapons where they were like, if you blow a bunch of them up in a row, it makes a bunch of really big craters that make a canal. A highly irradiated canal that will kill anything that goes into it. But sure, yeah, you can fill it with highly irradiated water. It is technically uh, still a canal. You will, yeah, canal. it's still a canal. Still canal. Yeah. Right. Just highly um, radioactive and right. just contaminated But so, water. along with plans such as Atlantropa, which uh, is the one where they were like, we're just going to build a dam at the uh, entrance, yeah, Gibraltar, we're just going to, you know, dam up there uh, and, like, put it, da- like, basically at any point where the, the Mediterranean, which is apparently naturally evaporative, was, like, you know, estuaried, they were just going to block it up so that it would drain out and make, like, I don't know, a really big lake a salty lake and like lake some salt. arid some and, and make some like yo Oklahoma <laughs> and then make some like arid desert land that yo, people could Oklahoma? inherit yo <laughs> Oklahoma um but so basically uh yeah uh, nuclear dug canals never came into existence sad <laughs> rather unfortunate <laughs> it's not too late yet <laughs> right um but so with, with the idea being that the next war is going to be a boots on the ground war too. It's just going to be just like the last one. Uh, you know, someone's going to roll over that that arbitrary red line in Europe, and then uh, like Poland's waiting for it right now. Right, funky stuff is going to happen. Right, so um, that's that's initially, and then uh, it's here where again we have to talk about everybody's favorite historical subject, Nazis. Specifically, more of those Nazi scientists that we were talking about earlier. This time, these ones did war crimes to make their inventions. <laughs> yeah, so these ones, uh, specifically Werner von Braun, um, who, colorful, uh, colorful character, at least. He, I think he's kind of cool because he's the guy that got us to the moon. But the real reason why the Americans want him is one of the Nazis' last-ditch weapons was the V-2 rocket. And the idea of the V-2 rocket was, it's a ballistic missile. I fire it, it goes way the hell up there, and then because I know the geographic coordinates of uh, London, some weird little graphite sensor in the top of the rocket, just below the warhead, is like, beep booping around in there, like old equipment does, and then it hits the city and blows up. Um, And so the idea was, we can do this, and then we can annihilate, uh, right? Now we can put a nuclear bomb on there, and we can just... Nuclear warheads. Exactly. I can flip a switch. 30 minutes from now, uh, Moscow no longer exists, and there's nothing they can do about this one. Well, um, Stalin, I believe by that point, it might have been Stalin. If not, it was Khrushchev, the guy who replaced Stalin. Um, he drags... Uh, If he goes to a gulag, he's like, okay, guys, so, um, you know, we're trying to, you know, de-Stalinize the country. Gulags are closing down except for those really, really bad political prisoners. Um, Except for those guys. Right. Screw those guys. Right. And he's like, but you over there, 
Um, I don't know his first name, but his last name is Korolev. I believe it was Vasily Korolev, but I could be wrong. So don't quote me on that, listeners. I don't care. I, I know I made a mistake. It's, I know his last name's Korolev, okay? He drags him out of this gulag. He's like, okay, you do rockets, right? Make rocket. Make me a rocket. Uh, so like the Americans <laughs> did of Nazi scientists. Yeah, except the, the <laughs> Americans of the Nazi scientists was much more like, okay, listen, buddy. We know about the cave in, uh, you know, like forested Germany where you use slaves. And nobody likes slaveholders. So, like, you either sign the piece of paper that says, I know how to build rockets, and we make sure that you're speared away from Nuremberg and a hangman's noose. Or, well, you go to Nuremberg and you might face a hangman's noose. And so these people were very likely to just, you know, scribble their name on the paper and go, yeah, I know all about the rockets. Except Pikachu Um, did not take that plea deal. He was very staunch in his position. He would not give in. So Pikachu got hung at the Nuremberg trials for his crimes. And he was smiling. <laughs> Never heard that before, but... Okay, so the point is, we got all these Nazi scientists, uh, and we sort of give them... How powered the chambers, man? Oh, my God. I... Electric We might have to cut that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's best. I'm definitely going to have to just listen to this episode later on tonight. Um, just I just want to. I just want to give. A, I just want to give a time check. Okay, we're at thirty-three minutes, so we're 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 doing all right for what I was hoping, which is fine. It seems like we have plenty of time to just, you know, uh, ramble into the microphone. So, listeners, um, I'm just going to apologize if there's a lot of cuts in this one. It's because of me. I have made a listen, couple of off co- off-color jokes and some that are really only funny listen, if you can see what's my happening. My favorite podcast. I'm also- Listen, my, my, my favorite podcast, shout out to the <laughs> folks over at Well, There's Your Problem. Um, they have to do that for their one cast member all the time. So it's okay. You fill a niche, and I like that. So we'll go with it. God, this would be so much better video. Um, yeah, this would be... <laughs> you with a, with a, with, yeah, we should actually oh st- start this as a video podcast so I can, I was do, my, to say, so I, I can do my visual I was about to say, if I... Also that way, like... The map? Yeah, I, uh, because I'm technologically limited slash impaired, uh, it's not exactly the, eventually we can, and can do this, but, um, so the point is that, uh, both sides quickly start developing rockets. Now, here's where I gotta mention that actually, yes, both of these leading scientists that have been dragged out of either the gulag or spared the death sentence at Nuremberg have all sort of just, uh, really got folded into things because they did genuinely enjoy the science part of it. So um, Von Braun always made very clear that uh, he was really excited when the first V2 worked, right? Like they knew it, it breached the border to space, but he said the destination was wrong, was always his thing. Like he was adamant that he wanted to do space travel. So, um, however, they're both developing rockets. Um, I think it's funny how it's like, so you develop a rocket and you maybe don't get hung or you just get hung. Right, right. You, it, it's, you keep running on that wheel and you keep powering that generator and I don't shoot you. Or I might. But no promises. if I'm feeling really bad one day and you, you look at me. Right, so anyway. You? Yeah, so we get to this point where... Now both sides have rockets. Okay, so now it's like the nuclear biad, right? Because we've got like... Siberia. Okay, that's actually really convenient. 
<laughs> Brazil. Yeah, never mind the fact there are wrist cards everywhere. I'm because, <laughs> oh no! Because, because another another part of this, I think I caught them. If not, I'll pick them up later. But another another part of this um, bit here. So so basically, uh, we have uh, a nuclear biad now, right? We've got uh, rockets which can now actually carry a nuclear payload, and we have bombers which can carry a nuclear payload. So what's the third part of this? Well, here's the issue. It comes down to spies, okay? I can look at, like, uh, the place near Kiev and go, yeah, there's a missile silo right there. And you cannot move that missile silo without satellites that can now be in space going, yep, see, there's, there's construction work there, some trucks, or U-2 spy planes which fly at, like, the border edge of space and take photos. Those will be relevant. That's a surprise tool which will help us later. Um, <laughs> like this gun I found. <laughs> so, um, basically, we, we know where there are missile silos, and the Soviets have very well-trained spies in the United States who also know where our missile silos are. Hint, hint, they are all still redacted. <laughs> they're all still right there, but kind of redacted. Yeah, they're all still in one very specific geographic section of the country, Let's just put it this way, for the same reason most of the Soviet weapons and Russian weapons that is there in, like, this region of Russia. Uh, it's big, open, and flat, um, which is perfect for just... Kansas. Yeah, basically, exactly. Like, it's just perfect for boring a hole in the ground, throwing a rocket in there, and being like... Is that where we put our missiles? Yeah, uh, the Midwest is just, like, chock full of our silos. Oh, uh, hell yeah. There are some... great as a spy. <laughs> There are some, there are some, I believe, in Alaska still, but that might just be radar stations, and, um, yeah, uh, I, I, if people in black vans roll up before the end of this, uh, we know we've gone a little too far, but it's... If people in black vans uh, roll up by the end of this, it means that, uh, I need to leave. Yeah. Speaking okay. of, I learned how to make napalm today. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> oh <laughs> okay, my god. so, basically... Next stop, Vietnam! Oh, oh my no. god. Well, you're not quite wrong, because we are about to talk about what leads into player. Vietnam, right? It's all interconnected here. A lot of these jokes are interconnected. <laughs> so, basically, um, the, the, uh, so the last thing we have to come up with is, is how do we get nuclear missiles really close to my enemy, or, like, just hidden, where he doesn't know where they are until I'm ready to use them? Submarines. Exactly. And the other thing is, the other awesome part about using submarines for this is submarines have a very limited amount of time that they're ever on the surface, especially since like 1957 when the Nautilus was launched. Uh, and now all submarines have nuclear reactors on them and can just infinitely sail under the, the, the ocean. Okay? Um, Isn't it? Like, at any one given time, there's at least three nuclear submarines from the U.S. just out there? Um, and nobody knows where they are, really? I think you're thinking of the Trident class from the, from Britain, but okay. it's the, the basically this principle that... The, I think all the nuclear-armed countries just have the submarines floating around out there. And this is a big thing in the Cold War as well. Um, but that forms the triad. So you have your, your aircraft which are great if a hot war breaks out in Europe or some other, like, 
localized Cold War region. Um, you have your uh, silo-launched missiles, which are great for um, some some person launched some balloons in Berlin one day, and the radar just like blipped full of spots all of a sudden. And so some guy in a missile silo, some underpaid conscript in a missile silo in Kazakhstan is like, "That's it, boys!" Flips a key, and you know. Like, you know, World War Three breaks out. Today, boys. Oh, uh, boy. Yeah. Nothing like the hot burning feel of the thousand suns. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, right. So, and, and here's the other reason why you really want to use those submarine launched ones. Not only are they undetectable until the initial second of launch. Number two, I can tell you the exact, roughly, exact amount of time it would take from that, that, that fictitious silo out by Kiev to reach Washington, D.C. 15 minutes. Okay, that silo operator goes, yeah, I think those are American. Capitalist pigs flips the switch and that rocket launches. It's approximately 15 minutes till it hits the eastern seaboard or really anywhere in the United States. Impressive. And because that's the benefit of intercontinental ballistic missiles, the ICBMs, the really the, 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 the silo-launched ones, right? Because you can launch it way up there and it can use the Earth's rotation, Coriolis effect, to just drop down on a place anywhere. Anywhere in the world is basically at reach for one of those. Then we have uh, medium-range missiles, um, which are going to be relevant when we talk about um, the Cuban Missile Crisis. However, real quick, we just have to mention Korea. So it was occupied by the Japanese, and like Germany, that was the one we decided to split. So we cut this line in a place called the 38th Parallel, um, and that you know, divided, you know, we put the capitalist capital in Seoul, um, and we put the, um, put the, the communist one under, um, Kim Il-sun, was placed in, uh, Pyongyang. Um, and in 1950, a year after Mao won the Civil War, pushed the, the Republic of, um, China to Taiwan, and had taken control of mainland China, um, He's basically like, uh, hey, North Korea, you know, uh, me and the Soviets, uh, we'll give you plenty of guns and weapons and sometimes guys if you just cross the 38th parallel. I mean, what are the other places going to do? Um, so in 1950, um, uh, communist troops from North Korea cross the border and you get the MASH TV show, basically. Uh, three years of stalemate. Um, well, MASH went on for like 11 years, but... Basically, that's, like, all people know of the Korean War, but uh, basically it goes like this. Uh, the communists get, like, all the way down across South Korea. There's some fighting in a place called um, the Busan Perimeter, or um, which is, like, right here, and it's literally, like, a little, like, box that was formed on the coast. Um, MacArthur shows up, you know, the famous World War II general. Um, he stages a landing at Incheon uh, around Seoul, which immediately outflanks the communists and forces them back to basically where they started from. Uh, they chase them all the way to the, near the Chinese border. The Chinese, feeling threatened, just throw their army into North Korea. There's a place uh, called Chosin Reservoir where there's a famous battle with the Marines. Um, and then the line just retreats to that 38th parallel for the remaining, like, one and a half years of the war until they sign an armistice but not a peace treaty. So to say. this day, that war is still going on, and... 
throughout like the 60s, it was just really common for firefights to start on the DMZ. Um, Isn't like the like 30th barrel just kind of like a no man's land kind of? It's like the most heavily mined stretch of territory on the goddamn earth. So yeah, it's basically like... You put your one foot I out, have, you get shot right, and blown up. Right. I have my guy in a tower with an uh, M16, and he's looking over that border really anxious. And you've got your conscript guy, equal rank to that guy, with his AK-47 knockoff, also looking really anxious at me. And sometimes some of our guys try to cross that border by, you know, one at a time. Because uh, they just want to get away from whichever regime they're stuck under. And sometimes they make it, and sometimes one of us shoots him. Um, similar story to, uh, would anybody like to point out the other black dot on the map? Uh, it's in Western Europe. Well, what will be Eastern, behind the Iron Curtain? Okay, in Germany. Right there. Is that uh, Berlin? Berlin, yes. <laughs> uh, very similar to Berlin. Um because that's where we uh, that's where we got to talk about real quick as well while we're ending the sort of 40s and, and 50s era. Um, so because we split Germany, we also split Berlin, which in theory, when you realize how the West German, uh, the, the Bundesrepublik uh, function, I think that's the wrong term for it, but I'm going to call it the Bundesrepublik because that's what it became. Um, like... It's really weird because they made the capital, I think, um, uh, I think they made the capital Essen or um, Bre- Bremen. One of the, the two, like one of those like third rate cities in Germany. Um, and, and, but they still split Berlin, which is like fine because it's the symbolic capital. Um, the issue is early on, Berlin wasn't like, like we think of it getting, right? Like it really wasn't like a, a DMZ. It was like, I can go across that street that marks the demarcation line between the French zone and the Soviet zone and go visit my friend over there and have no problems. And then eventually uh, the Soviets realized one, well, Stalin realized one thing, which is, okay, if someone, say, from Poland, they they can go to to East Germany, right, because it's all the sphere of influence, and they can go to East Berlin. Right, and then they can cross that one street and see the capitalist people doing like really well because that post-war boom that happened, uh, and they can go, hmm, capitalism good. Right, They're I doing live so much better than right. This. Maybe I want to live there. Right, I live a terrible life. Fuck this. Right, exactly. Right, There's I can, my one. <laughs> yeah, I can live. Do we just a, get one? Uh, I mean, I, I'm okay if it's like a few. Just it can't be like every third word can't be the f bomb. Okay, okay, guys. Yeah. Um, ah, well, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so I basically, want to limit myself to one yeah, per episode. Yeah, that's fine. That'll be because yeah. it's like, yeah, I, like so I can use it. Yeah. Okay. So basically, <laughs> um, so basically, the the idea is um, suddenly East Germans themselves are the first people to realize it's like I can just go there and then hop a train to the west and because there has to be rail and road corridors open at all times for the western people to access here like I can just do this I can just leave right I can just leave through there and then suddenly I can just realize I can just that take a step over and have a better. immensely better life I can just right. no longer so in 1948 this so in 1948 Joseph Stalin noted good guy of history clearly oh yeah my favorite yeah uh, Joseph Stalin realizes 
Oh. Daddy S. Yeah, he, uh, <laughs> so, so jo- Joseph Stalin goes, hmm, this isn't good. People are leaving. So he's like, okay. Uh, How do we get uh, people to stay? Yeah, he goes, uh, German, de- uh, German Democratic military, surround Berlin right now and don't let anybody in or out. Uh, and this got mad that people were leaving. And this How do we stop people from leaving? We trap them. And and in the words of um uh internet fame everywhere, it escalates very quickly. Because shit went to a hundred quick. Yeah. The the dial got turned up very fast. <coughs> because the, the Western allies were like, Okay, no, but you gotta let no, that's this isn't part of the deal, Stalin. You can't do this. Um so there were a tense couple days. They realized that the plan wasn't to start a war. The plan was to starve the people of the Western sectors, which had by this point been united, I think. Um, but basically the idea was we're going to starve them out. And so there's a thing called the Berlin Airlift because they're like, shit, if he starves them out, they'll go communist. And got to understand the Truman Doctrine. The Truman oh. Doctrine basically goes... I'm sorry. That's okay. I just realized something. We're only the West because of Britain. There's no reason where the East or the West is. It's just because, well, we were here first. It, yeah, it's just because there's a line through the Royal Observatory in, uh, I think, Portsmouth. Like, if you look at the Prime Meridian line, like, yep. that's literally the only reason why we go, like, yeah, everything that direction from there is uh, East, no, West, and everything this direction is East. It's like, not actually, like... I mean, yes, Thomas speaking it is, like, you know... Technically speaking, everything is west and east. Right, exactly. It's if, all... It's if all, I walk that way far enough, you'll eventually I will come, have head west. Yeah, and eventually you will just come back here if you keep walking in that straight line. Like, yeah, we live on a sphere, guys. It happens, okay? Um, Wait, we do? <laughs> it's not a sphere. That's it's news to me. I'll be right back. Oh, yeah, that's right. It's, like, vaguely egg-shaped, isn't it? We have an oblong Earth. Yeah. Why does it keep going straight? Why will I get back here? Yeah, eventually you'll hit the ocean. I can swim. For how long? Yeah, I mean, eventually... How long do I need to swim? How big is the ocean? Good question. I'm going to Google this. Okay, well, it took, like, sailing (laughs) ships, like, three months to get across the Atlantic Ocean. Oh, so about a 20-minute swim. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so the point is that um, Yeah So basically, they do the Berlin airlift And they fly a whole bunch of airplanes And load it down with all the supplies needed um, And eventually Stalin just backs down And is like, alright, fine, whatever Right, and he gives up Um, So, yeah, that's not the last time There'll be a crisis in Berlin Uh, Notably Um Khrushchev then tries one where he just rolls some tanks up to the the, the American checkpoint in Berlin and is like, hey, I got tanks. So the Americans go, hey, we have tanks. And they sort of stare at each other for a couple days before, I believe, (laughs) before uh, before Kennedy... before copyright, copyright, copyright. copyright. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting a TMCA. Oh no, TMCA. Oh god, TOS, TOS. Yeah. Um, so then eventually, um, uh, Kennedy gets on the line to Moscow and is like, "Okay, man. Like, can we just like back him up? 
right? We talk this out over like, I don't know, a cup of tea or something. Like the, uh, the bowl of borscht, we'll just back up and stop. And we don't have to get hot because if we jump the chess piece, we all fucking die. Okay? So um, nope. they stop for right now. Uh, and at the same time, we run into this little issue where um, we run into this... Apparently, I didn't turn my phone down all the way. Okay, so... just keep turning itself? I'm sorry. It's okay. So, we, so basically, um, it's here we have to quickly talk about NATO and the Warsaw Pact. Uh, they're military alliances. One of them is still in existence today. And the other one kind of folded, and some of those countries then joined the NATO. <laughs> because the big bully got taken down. And then so, the big old Warsaw man wants to take back from yeah. NATO because so he said the, that NATO so, took his playthings. Yeah, so NATO is the blue dotted lines. Uh, you may notice Turkey, which becomes very apparent right now. Uh, so again, part of that nuclear triad we talked about is silo-based missiles. Silo-based missiles, um, well... Some of them, you know, you have medium, long, and short range. Short range are like the ones that you see today in the Ukraine on trucks, right? You can roll those up for like five miles from where you want to launch them. The United States even developed the Davy Crockett, which was literally, um, what's the, the, the launcher from Fallout? Uh, Fat Man. Fat, Fat Man. Fat yeah, the Fat Man. Yeah. It is yeah. quite literally it, a slingshot yeah, it, yeah. that launches. But, yeah. Um, so basically, the new. Davy Crockett was a recoilless rifle that they just literally just put a, a small atomic bomb on. I love that. So... Microbomb. Um, hey, it's not micro. <laughs> uh, so basically, uh, the United States, through NATO, like the Soviet Union would do through the Warsaw Pact, is like, hey, Turkey, have some missiles. Mm -hmm. uh, and, like, we have silos all over the place. Uh, the other place, like, not major silos. These are just Tactical nukes incoming, okay? Like, we should do a time check. Um, oh, yeah, th uh, time check 54. Um, recording time is 60 minutes. Oh, yeah, okay, so I guess this will be a two parter. So, yeah, uh, let's just long story short uh, <laughs> Turkey now has nuclear warheads in it, and there's a guy with some fancy facial hair um, in Cuba who's about to have some fun. Yay! 